BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Indeed. It is the Independent Wrestling Podcast. I'm Mike Hamley, here as always to talk some independent wrestling with you and my co-host, Regis Reg, and our favorite people from all around the world of independent wrestling. So first off, how are you doing today, Reg? How are you Trying doing, Reg? to make oh, sure I'm hey. unmuted Yes, first. he's unmuted. We can it's hear your him. favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster in the building. Very excited getting ready for Chicago uh, tomorrow here. So uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, it's indeed though. So we're going to talk some great independent wrestling. We're going to talk a big event that's happening in Chicago while I'm out there. So I'm excited about this. Absolutely. And we've got an awesome guest to do that with the uh, former new South tag team champion alongside uh, a name you might be familiar with Kenzie page, you know, might've just won the NWA women's championship. Uh, former new South champion as well themselves, and right here to talk some big gay brunch with us amongst other things we've got Dylan McQueen how are you doing today Dylan hey I'm doing good and might I add Kenzie Page just snapped Camille's over 800 day plus streak as the NWA world women's champion and became the world women's champion and I will say two weeks before that I snapped her streak as 483-day New South champion. 400 Drake cashed in on me, but whatever. Yeah, we won't talk about 100-Drake cash again. Stupid cash-ins ruining everything. (laughs) Uh, Hey, you know what? Bianca Belair is from my hometown. We went to uh, the same high school, same Mm -hmm. time. 
Uh, and she got cashed in on the night I got cashed in. Oh, on the wow. Right after no. we dethroned the champion. So I guess the Knoxville took the L that day. There's a conspiracy against Knoxville that day for I sure. Know. Absolutely. Uh, so before we get into talking big gay brunch, before we get into talking, you know, but, but you know, before we even get into big gay brunch, I'd love to get in, you know, want to get into your history a little bit. I'm sure. There's some people tuning in that might, this might be their first time hearing about Dylan McQueen, but uh Wanted to get an update from you. How are you doing? I know uh, I know you had some recent poison ivy troubles, and you've been I, I, you've been posting about it. Poison ivy, today? Dylan. How did poison you get into ivy. this mess? So, uh, what a lot of people do not know is, in my day job, I uh, am a makeup artist for Mac Cosmetics. But my main day job is I cut down trees. So. I got into a lot uh, of poison ivy. It's almost completely gone, but uh, I went to the hospital twice, two rounds of steroid shots. Uh, they said it was the worst case they'd ever seen, and it was yeesh. definitely the worst that I'd ever seen. Yeah, but we're on it, the mend. Yeah. It, it was insane. It looked like it, your legs looked like they just had like camouflage between like normal skin and just <laughs> the most insane irritation I've ever seen. But uh, yeah. like Misty. From X Men, but right. powers failed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only you could have been any wrestler at any time. I know. I'd be me right now. Hey, there we go. Not changing a thing. All right. So, again, you're on Big Gay Brunch this weekend, but before we get to talking about Big Gay Brunch, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your background. Uh, you know, it started the same place everyone starts at. And that is, of course, you know, what, what, when did you find your way to wrestling, like as a fan? And how did that land you all the way at training at the Nightmare Factory with Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall? Yes. So um, oh, wrestling, I had a very, uh, a very tumultuous childhood. Uh, my mom was a drug addict. A lot of people know my story. Uh my mom was a drug addict, sold everything I had for crack. She'd lock herself in the bathroom for eight hours at a time. Uh, and I was just a kid and, you know, I, I didn't really know how to cope with that. And wrestling was something I was never allowed to watch as a kid. Uh, and I remember one morning she was doing her thing in the bathroom, getting high. And uh, I was watching... Yu-Gi-Oh! is my favorite show, Saturday morning cartoons. And I, I went to go make something to eat, and I left the TV on. And that was when WWE was doing the bottom line. It was like the weekly recap of what happened in wrestling. And I remember Randy Orton come out for the first time, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, look at this man. Who is that? And he had just beat Chris Benoit at uh, SummerSlam. Redacted. Just had Triple H, uh, just had Triple H turn on him, and he was going to hand the heavyweight championship back to Triple H. And as soon as it touched his hands, he held onto the belt and he spit in his face. And I thought, what just happened? What, what just happened? I was completely lost in the moment. That that never. That never stopped. Every time I watched wrestling, it was like, what is going on? And for what was happening to me externally in my life, 
I completely faded away from. Mm. And I started watching Monday Night Raw. The first thing I saw was Chris Jericho's highlight reel. And it was just insane, this charisma pouring out of this man. And I thought, wow, how is he so brave to be so brash and so unapologetic? And that's when wrestling changed my life. It, it, I was completely hooked. I was sucked in. Um, I Kobe Bryant was my favorite basketball player. I wanted to be in the NBA. I wanted to play basketball. And as soon as I saw WWE, it was like, that's what I was born to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I was born to do. So I, I studied it. I watched it. I immersed myself in it. I, I bought the WWE magazine. Uh, I had all, all the championship belts, all the video games when they came out. Uh, I watched it. I, I'd, I'd get online as soon as the pay-per-views were over and watch the results because I was a poor kid. I couldn't really afford to uh, get the pay-per-views, but mm-hmm. I, I feel it. that I relate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did everything I could. And, uh, I started training at team 3d back in 2017. I was there for a month before my significant other got a promotion and back home in Tennessee and we had to move back. And I thought, well, you know, uh, something's going to happen. Uh, I got to figure something out. Uh, so I messaged somebody about, wrestling schools they said ricky morton had a school in chucky tennessee and i was uh-huh. excited to go i love ricky but I, at the time i didn't have reliable transportation so i was didn't really know what i was going to do and then two weeks after i had moved back they had talked about uh dr tom and uh kane opening a school in knoxville tennessee and mm-hmm. i went i learned uh, i was in dr tom's first class and that man taught me everything there is to know about not just wrestling but life about being a man about being uh your word being authentic um and being a superstar and i carried that momentum in the beginning of my career and decided that i didn't want to just be the regional draw or the the Southern guy. So I went to the Nightmare Factory. I learned from QT Marshall, Cody Rhodes, Glacier, Luther, uh, the top stars in AEW, Billy Gunn, uh, and it was it was incredible to see how much work I had put in before. But in this industry, there is a baseline of work that you can work hard and achieve a certain level, but. There comes a time where if you want to elevate yourself to the next level, you have to sacrifice everything. This has to become your life. And completely, completely open doors for me, uh, like he's doing with this big gay brunch. He's been a pioneer in the business, uh, Effie. And with his help, with Cody Rhodes, Dr. Tom, uh, I have learned so much, and I'm so happy to be where I'm at in wrestling right now. On fire. Uh, came back from a what I thought could be a career-ending injury. Um, I mean, you know, when you're in a hospital bed and they say, hey, if you keep doing this, you can never walk again. Cool. Yeah. Oh, did we lose you? Might have lost Dylan. Probably just in oh. dead spot. Yeah. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Got him back. All right. They're here. Hello, Dylan. Oh, no. <laughs> Lost on the street. <laughs> <laughs>
thought Teslas are supposed to have the uh, Wi-Fi enabled or something. Like, isn't it all just uh, a big Wi-Fi signal anyway? Let's see, but we can't hear. All right. Well, while we wait for Dylan to get that sorted out, how's your week been, Reg? How, oh, what it's been up to have you? Yeah, been, been pretty good, man. Just uh, like I said, getting ready for if you guys are going to be in Chicago, definitely come to Starcast. Crafty uh, is going to be live there. Definitely going to get that uh, plug in. Yeah, you got Grab City live in Chicago. That's crazy. That's uh big announcement that I know you've been uh eagerly waiting to make. So, I've been uh, holding it in. I've been holding it in for many weeks. So I'm happy that it's out there in the uh in the world now. It's out. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Uh all right, well, welcome back, Dylan. Uh so we were, you know, kind of just getting to uh, you know, the the, you know the the closing part of kind of your training i did you know i you did mention earlier you didn't want to be known as like the guy from the south um but that being the area that you came up in and uh you know i you know represent obviously um you see a lot of like in like i'm noticing a lot of like interpromotional and interterritorial stuff going on like a lot of west coast promotions working with east coast promotions stuff like that but Outside of like GCW versus New South, I don't see a lot of people really doing stuff with the South necessarily. And I just want to know, like, why is everyone overlooking the South always? You guys are just stacked full of dope wrestlers. And for some reason, it just keeps getting passed. Like when you see all these relationships forming between promotions and stuff, like there doesn't seem to be a lot of people coming down to the South or like bringing the South out of the South. Why? Like, why is that? So, the South is very isolated promotional-wise, and right. we have so many insane, insane hidden gems uh, that just don't get to travel, don't get the visibility. I think that, especially on networks like IWTV, there are a lot of promotions that uh, get pushed, and there's a lot of promotions that cluster up in the Northeast that have uh, the fortunateness of having some of the most promoted marketed wrestlers in independent wrestling in that area or they don't have to really outsource very much but the best wrestlers in this country reside in the south and i i will say that over and over because the nuance of southern wrestlers there's such a misconception that southern wrestling is lazy southern wrestling is storytelling it's nuance it's in my mind I don't have to step into the ring to get you to react. I don't have to. I I can touch a microphone. I can give you a look. I can turn to you. I can look away from you. I can go to speak and then hold my tongue. Every little nuance is exaggerated and is made larger than life in a way that I feel like is missing from modern wrestling. It is missing from wrestling now i think in in the 90s and the 80s the lower card the undercard the mid card every person the enhancement talent every single person was a full rounded superstar in their Mm -hmm. own right they could do it all and i think we're just in an era where certain styles are hyper focused and and they believe that that's the way that things are going but people don't realize is we dictate where things are going 
Yep. That's what I like about Southern Wrestling because I am the general. I am the ringleader. I am the stage master. I am the curator of emotion, of palpability, believability. I want to suck you into a realm that you're not just going to get from a kick combo. You know, I love I love the visual aesthetic of wrestling. It is mesmerizing, and I don't think anything is more important than another in wrestling. They all go together. But I I thought about this analogy. I've seen moments like Shawn Michaels. You know, I'm sorry. I love these super kick. Mm. Lives in our heads forever. Ed Lita. I always tell people Lita slides. Lita sliding that briefcase to Kane when, or to Edge when I was a kid and she was married to Kane on screen and he hits Kane and he wins and, and then Lita starts making out with him and you're like, oh my God, what is happening? What is happening? And those moments, they infuriate you, they make you upset, they make you cry, they take your emotion. It's like, I've seen beautiful sequences, I've never seen one that's made me weep and I've seen a lot. I've never seen someone do a, a, a top rope move that made me weep and cry. <laughs> you know, it, this business is about moments, and a lot of people believe that it's just about wrestling. And I think in the South, it is really, really personified more than that. And I just don't think that maybe maybe it's that people don't think that that wrestling is a viable option, or maybe they think it's going in a different direction. But I've never stepped out in front of a crowd that has not reacted not one time, you know? And it's because I create moments. I, I I may not have the most impressive wrestling move that you see that night. Maybe I do. Sometimes I do. Uh, <laughs> but I would rather someone come up to me and say, you're not the best wrestler in the ring, but you are by far the most entertaining wrestler tonight than for someone to say, you are by far the best wrestler I saw tonight, but you did not entertain me. Mm. You hear that? Uh, this, it's funny that you say these things, Dylan, because it, it happens when I talk to wrestlers in the Southern region. It feels like that. It feels like y'all are taking a more less is more type of approach to pro wrestling, kind of getting back to the roots. And it's, I mean, that makes sense that the South has always kind of uh, presented themselves that way. Um, do you think it, it does kind of have to do with kind of how fans taste are? Because, like, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. I like the high spots. I like the, the, the clusters, the big the big things. Do you think it falls along on the fans of just not kind of being aware of what's going on out there? I think it is the lack of creativity and of storytelling ability that is present in wrestlers today. I don't right. – I think that it's a combination of things. I think it is they either do not possess the ability to tell the story the way – that it's going to be the most effective. Um, or I believe that it is a lack of confidence in their ability to tell a story and they know that their move will get over. So instead of stepping out of their comfort zone and trying to fully round their art, they say, hey, this gets me a reaction. I'm going to stick with this. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it's like I can, I, Alec Price, I wrestled him last year in the Haas tournament at New South. High spot for high spot we traded. Like, I, go back and look at my matches. I can put any high spot anywhere. The, the difference with me is 
I do have high spots in my matches, but I'm never going to add anything that is going to dilute from the message I'm trying to send. I'm not going to overload the match with all these moves that I can do. I don't have to prove it to anybody that I can do it. I know I can do them, but if it doesn't play into the overall feeling I want you to have when you're leaving the building, if it distracts from what where I'm going, if my high spot doesn't play into my story and is not nuanced the entire time, then it's just a move. So there's no need for me to do it. Agreed. Agreed. Moves for the sake of moves, not always, you know, don't always have their place. Although right. we do. Yeah, although, like if, if, if you although to, just yeah. if you if you see a match and and someone goes to lock up and right out of the lock up someone hits a Pele kick, it's like all right, here we got like we're off to the races already. Like mm. we can't de-escalate. We we have nowhere to go. You're starting at a hundred. Or Triple H hit a pedigree to start every match. It's like all right, well where are we going? All right, I like it. Speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of wrestlers who don't need to hit a ring to get a reaction, uh, you know, the namesake of the show that we're, you know, here to talk about this weekend, mm -hmm. Effie, you know, very much falls into that. Uh, it, it would never need to step, doesn't need to step into a ring to have your attention. But, right. uh, but yeah, so we're here to, uh, so yeah, Big Gay Brunch is coming up on Saturday. Starts at 12 Central Time, uh, and, that, and that is live from Chicago, Illinois. It's the largest LGBTQIA plus operated and exclusive wrestling show, period. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being that representation includes, and inclusivity are so important, uh, you know, that's unquestionable. What is it meant to you to, repu uh, to represent the community in wrestling, uh, you know, both taking part in this event and just, you know, everywhere as you are, uh, you know, crowd Dylan. So this is a, an Effie's Big Gay Brunch is something I'm very, very passionate about. I've been on every one of them except the one in the UK, and then I, I wasn't on the very first one. Uh, mm -hmm. But I started on Fight Forever, Effie's Big Gay Block, and I've been on every brunch since. And it, it's funny to me in a way because when I started wrestling, I was always – the guy from the South that's a dick. Mm -hmm. The cocky, arrogant bastard. And then when I started doing the brunches, that's that's when people were like, oh, that's a, a gay wrestler. And, you know, I, this is not talked about enough, but I think it needs a light shine on it. There are people in our industry that are insecure about not being on shows with GCW and will say to talent that is on the, the gay brunch, well, oh, you're only booked because you're queer. Oh, you're only booked because you're gay. Oh, you're not really on GCW. You're on Effie's Big Gay Brunch. How many GCWs have you done that aren't Effie's Big Gay Brunch? And it's like, here's the thing. People don't realize this, but as queer people, we've been actors our whole life. Yeah. We've been mainstream primed and groomed by society to be straight. So enabled to thrive and fit into that society without extreme recourse, we have to completely adapt every single thing about us to fit into this slot. So performers that are queer performers, from my experience, have that acting, have that read the room ability, know when to make moments. They are some of the best performers out there. Effie, Dark Sheep, Max the Impaler, Edith Surreal, Ashton Starr. Like those are people that speak to me, Eddie McQueen, 
incredible talents, so many queer talents um, that inspire me and in all that I do. And I just think that the brunch is such a, an amazing thing. And Effie will stick his middle finger out to anybody anytime they have anything negative to say about it. And yep. it's good to have one of our figureheads of our community that is so passionate about inclusivity, that is so passionate about giving us a stage and sharing everything that he has found successful for him. He is a trailblazer and an icon. And not many people in this business I look at and think, that guy has all the nuance in the world and can do anything. And Effie is one of those people. He can do absolutely anything. And Ashton Starr has been one of my best friends for a long time. Incredible talent. Let yep. me tell you, <laughs> the Atlanta gays are coming to Big Day Brunch, and we are laying these SmackDowns. We are going to be slamming these these new queens. I know very well, very familiar. So I hope they're ready. I hope they're ready because this isn't just a debut at the Big Day Brunch. This is a match of the Big Day Brunch against two of the standard bearers of this brunch, two powerhouses in the queer community you're starting at the top right so i hope they're ready girl i hope they're ready <laughs> talk I'm, to people about the uh about the the party aspect because big gay brunch isn't just like a wrestling show like just exactly as you're describing like there's entertainment there's music there's brunch there's mimosas there's so much more going on than just what's in the wrestling ring it's it's it is the perfect venue and the perfect stage for anybody that enjoys entertainment, for anybody that enjoys. Oh, um, it is. A, I mean, it really is. It is a celebration of diversity and human rights. Like it, everybody is welcome. Everybody has a place at the table at Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Everybody mm -hmm. has a place at the table. Um, so you, you mentioned it earlier, but you've been a part of basically almost every Big Gay Brunch, save for the, the first one and the UK one. Uh, so, you know, what was the experience like for you, you know, at that first one? And then as it's evolved over the years, how has that experience changed on your own end? And the just like for everyone involved, like the atmospherically? Well, that's a very powerful question. Very powerful question. Very incredible question. Because my first time that I was on the brunch, it was don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. It was Effie's. It was actually, it started, my first experience was Effie's Big Gay Block, block which was brunch adjacent, but um, not really the brunch. But I remember when I went out for the block, my match was against Ashton Star. I had stayed up until 6.45 in the morning because it was Fight Forever 24-hour show. Right. I stayed up until 6 in the morning helping Effie. Uh, I went back to the hotel and laid down for one hour, woke up, got to the venue, me and Ashton were calling things, forgetting things as the music started playing. I was I was at the curtain saying, here, here, uh, 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 and we were changing things. And I remember I stepped into that ring and I thought to myself, I can't remember a single thing in this match. And it's about to start. And then I thought to myself, you have worked your ass off. You have bitched, you have moaned, you have complained, you have cried. You have beat on Effie's door for this opportunity. This is your chance. You belong here. Go show those motherfuckers. Go show everybody. Pardon my language. Go oh, show you, no, everybody. You're good. 
show no everyone. <laughs> show them who you are. Because for me, it was like around that time, people were waking up to me and, oh, wow, you're so... And it's like, I've been that bitch. I've been that bitch. Right. And I wanted everyone to see, oh, he's been that bitch. And when I remember, I was so nervous and Ashton hit me with a suplex and they started chanting, this is awesome. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> like, I'm in a GCW ring right now. It's 27 degrees in the, in the ring. It's hard as an ice stone slab. And I was forgetting things walking out and we're getting a this is awesome chant. And I'll never forget, I stepped back through the curtain, so terrified. And Kerry Awful was the first person there. And he said, that was brilliant. And he looked at me and he said, you are everything that everybody has said you are. And Dark Sheik walked up right right next to us and she goes, really, we have to follow that? <laughs> and that was such a validating moment for me. And as it has evolved to take a more senior position of someone that's been there, seeing the new talent come in and get their first moment, that has been the most powerful thing. That has been the most powerful thing to me is watching people that haven't got a voice that have been killing it on the independence finally have their moment, finally show everyone that they're that bitch too. And I saw a meme today and it was so powerful because my motto is, I know I'm gonna eat. I don't gotta worry about anybody else's plate filling up. And I saw, I saw a, uh, a meme and it said, a candle loses nothing from lighting other candles. And I was like, whoa. Right. Like, and this, this part of my career, I'm all about positivity. I'm all about linking arms and we're all gonna get to the top. There is not one, people in wrestling think there's one singular contract from these major promotions. Yep. And only one person can have it. And they have to undercut and step over every single person to get there. And you don't. Just focus on yourself. Be good to people. Be kind to people. Treat everybody. Treat the girl that is selling concessions, the person that is working behind the camera, the person that is calling times, the referees. Treat them like they are the WWE champion. And they're about to main event WrestleMania. Like, that. just be good to people. Be good to people. Work your ass off, and you're gonna get there. I love that. That might be one of my favorite messages we've ever had on here. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty great stuff. Hell yeah. Um, so you know, talking about obviously your own experience with Big Gay Brunch, I want to know, like, have you seen you know like a ripple effect in the broader wrestling world since you know the inception of it, uh, and you know since those you know since the early ones? Oh, absolutely. I mean. <laughs> It's funny as a joke. I don't take it offensive, but I've I've had you know like straight workers or your heterosexual workers come up to me and be like, "Man, I wish I was gay so I could get on that show." At first, it was like, "Oh my, I'll never forget." A guy said to me when I was going to be on Fight Forever at the Nightmare Factory. I won't say who it is, but he said to me. Well, I think that's just kind of ridiculous that you guys get a whole ah. of just queer people. And, and what if there was someone that wasn't queer and, and they're yeah. more qualified and they don't get that spot? And I'm thinking oh, to myself, I looked at him and I said, there are 23 <laughs> other blocks that are not 
queer. 23, dude. Yeah. You have 23 chances to get on another one, and I am on one. Mm-hmm. Y'all have your own promotion anyways. Call Control Your Narrative. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> it's so wild, though, because when you were talking earlier about Big Gay Brunch, and kind of how the perception is of it. I was thinking of it when they have black wrestling events. They say the same thing. Like, what if there was a wrestling show with all white wrestlers? I'm like, what you mean? Every other wrestling show oh, that there oh, is? Like, mean, oh, like every wrestling show? Like most wrestling shows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, every wrestling show I've ever been to, like this three hours that's going to be taken away this one time is really going to change the trajectory of pro wrestling. Relax, dude. One one. Oh, you saying that makes me think of something that just burned into my mind. And I just, I thought I was doing the right thing. And I just completely got bitch slapped by Billy Starks, who's like my little sister. I love her. She's incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was Billy Starks versus Alice Crowley. And I was was sitting in Gorilla. And the announcer says, the following contest is a ladies match. (laughs) And I got singles match. Just a fucking oh, singles uh, match. I got so furious, and I was like, "Why does that have to be a ladies match? Why can't it be nineteen eighties, dude? What's yeah. going on here?" Yeah. I was like, "Why can't it be? Why can't it be a women's match? Why does that have to be a ladies match?" And Billy Starks looks at me and goes, "Why can't it be a wrestling match?" Yeah, right. like and I literally. Was like, that's yeah. That that's the bucket wow. I that's the bucket I fall in. Uh, it I it's Charlie Evans's tweets uh, really kind of set me on that yeah. path. Right. Of like, uh, you know, it's it's just a wrestling match. It's a singles match. It's a tag match. It's a trios yep. match. It's a it's a scramble match. Like why, you know, like they don't call every singles match between two men the men's match. Right. Right. I so like, it's, it's yeah. Why does like why does ha- why like why does everything have to be put into more boxes than it needs to be? Which, it. you know, again, yeah, absolutely. Um. And kind of in that regard, actually, you know what? I had a question. I, I had I was going to ask a question about this later, but let's just get to it now because we're already on the topic. Uh, you know, like wrestling, it has progressed a lot, obviously, since the '90s when I started watching. Oh, yeah. um, and it's definitely progressed a fuckload since like the '60s, '70s, '80s. Oh yeah. But there is also still, uh, you know, there's there's always work to be done. We're not it. We don't live in that perfect, you know, that perfect world where people just. Uh, you know, people exist and nobody gives a shit. Um, so what steps can, you know, the community take as allies to make wrestling a better place for our LGBTQIA plus family? Oh. Right on that really good question, too. It's okay. I'll finish the, que- I'll finish the question when they get back. We'll, it, it'll be all right, Reg. Not on the good questions, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Streamyard's like, oh, Mike's cooking. Like, we're out of here. <laughs> yeah. Damn, Mike's got a great question. Yeah, Mike had a good question. <laughs> Shit. Uh-huh. No, hey. Not. All right, they're back. Um, You're right. right. <laughs> so, yes, uh, I don't know if you heard the full question. So, you know, what steps can the community take as allies to, yeah. you know, make just make wrestling and everywhere a better place for our LGBTQIA plus family? Um, stop being racist. That's yeah. number one. Like, like mm-hmm. I know that's that doesn't even sound like it's a part of the question, but stop being racist. Mm-hmm. I got into wrestling, and I am a tall, light-eyed, blonde, white 
jacked male presenting person, of of course I'm going to have it a lot easier than some queer people. Of course mm-hmm. I'm going to have it easier than queer people like Ashton Starr, like Billy Dixon, like Armani, like people that are busting their ass and don't get the credit that they deserve. Like, it, it, it's wild to me in 2023 how I can be in the locker room with a racist that mm-hmm. has fun kind of flirting with me and wants a little attention from me to stroke his ego. But the second a wrestler of color walks in, it's like, oh, well. And it's it's it's, it's insane to me. If you're prejudiced in one area, you're prejudiced in every area. Right. I don't give you a, I don't, there's not a box to check. Well, he does this, but he doesn't do that. Stop being racist. Stop being sexist. Stop being creeps. And then, then circle back to the community because right. it's so far gone on so many levels that as much as I love my community, that's not the, that's not the issue right now to me. That's not the pressing issue. The issue right now to me is sexism and racism and wrestling and there is queer discrimination i never ever would underplay it It needs to be dealt with but it needs to be dealt with across the board if you want to be better for wrestling for allies for people of color for women love your fellow performer respect your fellow performer discipline yourself to keep you and them safe respect their body respect their talent respect is that's the greatest thing you can do is respect because circling back to wrestling high spots i never understood this like high spots storytelling all this 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 to other people in society we're losers we are the scourge we are the fringe we are an embarrassment a mockery a parody a caricature amongst those people we are a joke and it's like we're fighting amongst the only people who have the magic. It's like Harry Potter. It's like the, the purebloods are fighting with the muggle-borns. And it's like, my magic. We're all fucking wizards. We're all doing we're magic. We're all fucking wizards. Can we not get yes. excited that we all have magic? Mm-hmm. I like, I, pull your head out of your ass. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Work your ass off. Be good to people and go out there and try to make art for a dying world and a dying art where everything is so synthetic and and so overproduced that nothing is genuine anymore. Take time to make it real and it will all come together. The networking will come together. The relationships, the friends, the bookings, it will all come together. Respect each other. Love each other. It's not that serious. Dylan McQueen is out here cooking y'all ass today. Listen up. You're getting a lesson. These are lessons that are need to be learned. They need to be heard. Uh, there's so much of this still prevalent in wrestling. Like, yeah, we have gotten to a really great place. I'm excited about a lot. But there's still just so much 1980s bullshit going on oh, in these locker rooms. And we need to stop it. Here's the thing, and and being trans is like that's this is a whole nother story. Whatever you believe, whatever you think, whatever you whatever. If in my mind I feel that I am not connected to my body and I feel that my 
connection lies elsewhere, let me live. Right. It don't affect you. It does not mm-hmm. affect you whatsoever. I should not. Uh, uh, the trans police are like, oh, well, you came out as trans. When are you transitioning? When it, what I am in my being, I know. I don't mm-hmm. have to have that. At this time, I don't need my physical body to reflect that because I mentally know who I am. And that's good enough for me. And if someone else wants to transition and they feel like they have to do that, I am in so much support of them. But I think that everyone's journey is their own just support people. It's like someone saying they want to buy an Oculus. Just support them. Uh, we get it. It ain't real. Like, I mean, not not to make the comparison. It's not real. Very no, real. But, but we get it that it's not something you're used to. You might be afraid of altered reality or, okay, let me live, bruh. Mm-hmm. Like, just let people live. Let people live. I mean, we're all in a car going a thousand miles an hour head towards a brick wall. Everyone's arguing over where they're going to sit. Y'all, just take a yeah, breath. Yeah. Let's enjoy wrestling. Let's enjoy the magic. Let's respect each other. And let's get this brunch. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And thank you guys. I want to add that. Seriously, thank you guys so much for every single thing that you do. Because every single person that loves wrestling pushes it forward and is putting a hand down to keep it from drowning and i am so grateful for everybody that loves wrestling but you guys go above and beyond loving wrestling you follow wrestling you create content about wrestling you immerse yourself in it you're passionate you love it that is what this business needs if it's going to survive is more people like all of us that love wrestling thank you Taylor. seriously thank Thank you very much yeah, seriously. Thank y'all for what you do because you put your time into this. You, I'm not paying you to interview me. Like you guys are right. putting your time. This is your your time. You're taking away from your lives that you could be doing anything else, and you love wrestling so much that you can't get away from it. And that is awesome. Yeah. You, you don't want to hear how many times a week Reggie be talking about just talking. About <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, you're touching a. On a point right now. Jeez Louise, I'm exhausted. It's, it's the Just only because art. I love wrestling so much. It's the only art form when you think about it. It is the, the last pure art form that has not been ruined by modern everything. It is still just behind the bullshit, behind the politics, behind the dark side of the ring. To the fan that casually watches on TV, it is still an escape. It is still mesmerizing. Yep. It's still a magic show. Yeah. And it is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me inside my life. And at the end of the day, it's just two wrestlers or four wrestlers or 30 wrestlers wrestling. That's it. That's all I want to see. And I want to see some drama in between. Like, it hasn't changed since the 40s. And it's going to, you know, there's a lot of different elements to it. But at the core of it, it's pro wrestling. Exactly. And there's there's all there's going to be a place for Andrade Almas. There's going to be a place for Ricochet. There's a place for Nitsky's. There's a place for everybody. Baby punting Snitsky. It wasn't his fault. Oh my god! I got a meme before a meme, bro. Seriously, yeah. Honestly, Snitsky would have been crazy viral off. It wasn't my fault. Wrestling definitely made more memes than anything else before there were memes. Yeah, totally. Oh, absolutely. Like insane, insane con. And, and like think. You know, a uh, tangent, I guess, but like the contributions <laughs> to like general, like global pop culture that started yeah. in like John Cena's theme music and like mm. You Can't See Me and like, 
The amount of people uh, who the amount of people who know who like John Cena is, but have no have never watched wrestling a day in their life is it's crazy. It, it, it's it, it's, it's like Michael Jordan with basketball. Like you know, there's people who probably never watched basketball who know who Michael Jordan is. Likewise with like you know the Cenas of the world. Um, can't remember what I was trying to get at. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> Side tangent. So you were talking. You know, you actually. And, and I'm sorry because this is a this is a me story when we're when we're talking about Good. you. But you you Good. mentioned you mentioned uh, like the you know the the community togetherness of wrestling. And uh, I moved. So I moved from my my old hometown to the city I'm in about 13 ish years ago, and have just have not really found my footing here in the city yet. Like haven't really found my place. Uh, and then the last five years, I haven't been able to leave my house much. So, you know, start started to get out to some, uh, some shows finally over this summer and just, you know, the, the people at the shows, the, the wrestlers at the shows, everyone who's mm-hmm. working, everybody it's, uh, it's the closest thing I have well, it, it's the exact same feeling I used to have uh, back at home before I moved. Where when I would be like at, uh, I I was big. I was very. In, in, I was in touch with like the the hardcore punk and like metal music scene. And it's that same like brotherhood, togetherness, community, underground like you know feeling of uh, of community. And I was I I came home like last show I went to. I came home and I looked at my wife and I was like. That thing I'm always complaining about, how I haven't found it since we moved here, I found it finally. Oh. That was, I love this shit. I love this shit. Oh, it's amazing because it's like, uh, it's like being gay, okay? It's like you go somewhere and you, you see a bunch of gay people and you're gay and it's like, wow, like, I don't know you guys, but I have some kind of connection to you, except in wrestling, you don't feel like everyone's going to steal your hot husband. So. <laughs> a little bit is that why everybody hides their significant others, Dylan? That is exactly why. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall here. There's a, a very much industry understood. Don't bring your girls to shows, right? Uh, but no, it, it it really is. It's like it's like when someone says they're a Star Wars fan. I'm like, okay, may hate you, but I can relate to you on one level, like. We're the rebellion. We're the, you know, you guys can fight over who wants to be Luke or Han or, you know, Chewbacca. I'm going to be Leia. But Mm. we're the rebellion. It it, Wrestling in of itself is a form of rebellion by saying, hey, we know that you have this preconceived notion of what this is. And you may think we're silly, but we're going to fucking do it anyway. And we're going to have a lot of fun. There's grown serious threatening threatening men that could actually destroy your entire life that that put on underwear and play fight with other adults and to me that's magic people that could murder you and your family are just like no i'm gonna just have fun yeah (laughs) oh yeah see it keeps getting back to that and you know that's storytelling the callback (laughs) story and I didn't even do a moonsault yet. Well, I did, but you didn't see it because the camera cut off. Oh my fucking god! All right, Dylan. Uh, so, you know, before before we before we do wrap things up here, um, something uh, you know, we've been getting onto a lot of positivity at the end of the conversation here, and uh, 
Let's get to some negativity. Is that where you're leading this question to? No, no. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's positivity that stems, I wouldn't say from negativity, but maybe from mm-hmm. sadness. Um, you know, we've lost a lot of wrestlers over the years, and then especially last week, uh, Oh, you know, man. I, oh, you man. know, the, we, we, you know, the business was rocked yet again. And, uh, a lot of people have, you know, echoing the sentiments of should be giving people their flowers while they're, while they're still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, while we're on the positivity train, uh, you know, let's give out some flowers. Who do you want to give some flowers to? Yes. So there are a ton of people that I want to give flowers to, um, and most of them know I give them flowers constantly. I hate Hunter Drake, but he's an incredible wrestler. Kenzie Page, <laughs> Kylie Alexa, uh, Ashton Starr, uh, Effie, of course, incredible. So, so many incredible people that deserve it. Um, there is one I want to highlight specifically because I feel like this person should definitely be uh, a knockout at a future brunch. Caden Pierre is one of the one of if not the most athletically gorgeously silky moving people in this business in the ring and hardly anyone knows his name on the level that he should be on um so look out for Caden Pierre uh incredible uh, Braden Toon is finally starting to get some mm-hmm. notice on GCW he has been mm-hmm. incredible until he ruined my life after I won the greatest match in New South history, whatever. Uh, but there's so many people uh, that deserve their flowers. I do want to say something about Bray Wyatt because I know every time someone passes away, people jump on the, oh, well, this person meant so much. And I'm if they did, I'm glad. If it's your little thing for clout, whatever, I don't think it's that big of a deal to pursue because it, it dishonors the memory. But I will say this about Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, uh, when Bray Wyatt got released from WWE, it was like anybody can be released. That's mm-hmm. when it was real. Like, you know, you see all these releases and stuff, and when they let go of Bray Wyatt, who had just been on a crazy tear as a dominant world champion, they had built his lore so much. It was so devastating. And to see him become emotional in the ring when he returned was incredible because. To me, to Dylan, Jeremy Dylan Dyer, Bray Wyatt was one of, if not the greatest storyteller of my generation. And he, to me, was a a vision of an archetype that was dying. He was, to me, the last new superstar. And... The Undertaker is the only person that's been able to build a lore the way Bray Wyatt did, and it seemed as though his his style of entertainment, his subgenre, was going to leave with him. But Bray Wyatt really, in a in a way that was reminiscent of the Undertaker, but also in a way that was completely different, totally fresh, totally invigorating. Um, it hurt me in my soul when he passed because he truly was one of my all-time favorites and I I think that I'm fortunate enough to get to say that a lot of people can say that and when they're echoing their thoughts of Bray Wyatt they're 100% genuine because he touched so many people and Terry Funk as well you know I would sit with Dr. Tom and 
Terry Funk, obviously very close to Tom and, um, I've digested so much of Terry Funk's film, incredible entertainer. Um, I mean, legend, one of the greatest of all time. I will be honest and say for me, I appreciated his art. I never really connected with him as a wrestler. Um, I appreciated what he did. Uh, but Bray Wyatt, that's someone that I grew up with. You know, that's somebody that uh, I wasn't around during the Funksters time. You know, I, I didn't get to watch that as it happened. I watched mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt unfold. And I just remember being like, wow, his art inspires mine so much. And I mean, all our time is limited. Everything that we have will be washed away. It'll be nothing. Everything that you worry about, everything that you do, your accolades. In 200, 5,000 years, if wrestling's still around, no one's going to know who Effie is. No one's going to know who, no one's going to know who I am, Hulk Hogan, probably. Like, it'll all be washed away. So, why are we being so hard to each other? Love each other. Remember, we all have magic. Let's all treat each other well. Let's all work hard because you ain't going to get there without hard work. And let's all give each other our flowers now. Last thing I'll leave you with, and this is one of the most powerful things I was ever told. I compliment people all the time and people think I'm disingenuous, which is sad that we live in a world where we're so conditioned to people using us and manipulating us that when someone's genuine, it seems off kilter. But Mm -hmm. a woman told me one time, if you see something nice about somebody and you don't say it, it's like wrapping a present and not sending it. And it was so powerful to me. So when I see someone, uh, first wrestling show I ever did, a girl came up to me and said, hey, are you the guy from the vegan cafe? And I had worked there. And I said, yeah. And she said, I want you to know I cried for 20 minutes because you said my eyebrows looked good. And I had felt like dog shit. And I hadn't had a compliment in the last, like I couldn't remember. She said, and I knew that was you as soon as I saw you. At a wrestling show, Mm -hmm. what you do matters. What you do has impact. Just be impactful in the right way. Wow. Damn, Dylan. You've been we 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 could write a we could write a book off of your interview today. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but, honestly. Uh, you've, you've been so so fantastic to talk to. Uh happy to have you back on the show anytime. Definitely. Please. Uh, everybody, please tune in. Effie's Big Gay Brunch 7. It's happening this Saturday. 12 p.m. Central Time. Got Dylan McQueen teaming with Ashton Star to take on Finesse and uh, fellow Canadian homie. And uh, the, the, <laughs> well, guess the, what? Fellow Canadian, my favorite wrestler, Kenny Omega, when he watched my dark match, I came back to the curtain and he said, I love your gimmick. So that's a fellow Canadian <laughs> that I give props to. But Mr. Mays and Finesse. Oh, no. I'm gonna leave that with my mimosa and my mans while I go beat the dog snot out of these little girls. They're gonna be bald because I'm gonna be bald dragging them, dog walking them, all of it. So, you and Ashton aren't coming to play. It's not a joke to y'all? No, (laughs) ma'am. Nope. Oh, man. Please. No no gender neutral, ma'am. Yeah, no, I get that. Please, please. No offense over here. Yeah, ma'am. Please, please, please send Alex Mays back to Canada in one piece. This is all I ask. I will. Oh, I will. <laughs> Dylan, where 
Where can everyone find you at? Plug plug all your shit. Whatever you got you going on. Tell them all of it. Dylan McQueen on Twitter, because you know, I was able to get the handle. The Dylan McQueen on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. And you can find me on TikTok. I'm actually starting a TikTok with my husband, Kismet Kings. And hey. we might be off to a cute little star, 37,000 followers, whatever. Um, but uh yeah, you can find me on social media. You can find me in your dreams. You can find me on the eyes of a child, the dew on a morning flower. I'm everywhere. I'm here with you. But Finesse and Maze, I'm coming for that ass. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right, Reg, what do you got coming up? I know you got a big week, too. You, if you guys are going to be in Chicago, first go to Effie's Big Gay Brunch, 7 on Saturday. Then on Sunday, come to StarCast because Grapsity is going to be live. Righteous Ooh. Reg, Philip Lindsay, William Washington. We're going to be on stage. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be crazy, and I know it's going to be amazing. So, you know, it's our first live show. Y'all show going to be one- in Chicago anyway. Yep, you're going to be Y'all in Chicago. Be you're going to be, be in Chicago. It's our 100th episode, so it's a big deal. And, uh, of course, uh, you can catch me later tonight with Denise on the post show. And I think that's all the podcast for the week because I'm going to Chicago to uh, watch some wrestling and see some friends and have some fun. He's a traveling man. We love it. Yeah. And uh, me, as always, every Wednesday right here with Reg talking to, you know, your favorites from all around the world of independent wrestling, like like the wonderful Dylan McQueen. Um this if you happen to be in the hamilton ontario area uh you know it, around about these here parts get your ass to cambridge ontario on friday night crossbody pro wrestling mm-hmm. the, filming the filming the season premiere of uh, uproar season two which will be premiering on youtube next wednesday at 7 p.m which me which means the next wednesday at 6 p.m big ben ortman's is going to be here to talk all about the show uh, everything that he's got going on with crossbody. Uh, he, I, I, he also owes me one overhand chop, so oh, I'm yeah. going to die. And uh, so Reg just might be here alone next week. Who knows what will happen to me? I might actually turn to dust. Um, he's basically Canadian Walter. So, oh. you know, I'm, I won't immediately place, replace you next week. But if it's two weeks in a row, I might have to think about it. Understood. You know what? Dylan might be a good, might actually be, uh, you know, Honestly, got some the ratings would be through the roof of Dylan. So hey. yeah, there we go. All right. But uh, in the meantime, you'll catch us back here next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Thank you again for tuning in to Indeed. Thank you again, Dylan, for hanging out with us. We had an Bye. amazing time. We'll see you next week. Peace and love. Buy some merch. Go to a show. Support wrestling. Much love. Love wrestling.